Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins, and I have the huge pleasure of hosting Ryan Ashley today, who is the creator of NeuralVitalityNetworks.com. And uh, hello, Ashley, before we get started, uh, pardon me, how many times has my my mind done that? That's hilarious. Hello, Ryan. When people have two first names, it's it's always does that to my mind. I can never I, get them in order. I get that often, yep. There you go. Yeah. And so I am going to hit the go live button on Rockfin, which I'm doing right now, and I will share a link with people there as well. It's always good to catch that one right from the beginning. And if you're out there watching and you want to uh, come say hello in the chat, we would love that. There is the Rockfin link. And uh, this channel is intensely shadow banned. The, the subs actually went up yesterday. I was surprised that that happened, made it over 7,000 uh, subscribers. And that from the time that I met Rose 777 from Crow 777, I was at 700 uh, subscription subscribers on YouTube. And I've now 10xed that since wow. meeting her. And she was of uh, great service. So huge shout out to Rose. And hello, is Linda. Yeah, you got, you got some comrades in the... In the chat here, Linda is around. So welcome to the stream. So good to have you. Mm -hmm. And uh, please do share this out if you can help us to beat the the shadow banning that's going on. It's it's crazy. I hosted uh, Robert Michael yesterday, and I think they're still um, struggling to get 500 views on there, which is uh, for for Robert Michael. That's that's pretty uh, small. He's he's a big one. Yeah. So then. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get started and introduce you, Ryan. You sent me a, an extensive bio, which I invite people to read at the link below in, in the show notes. But I'll just say a little bit about it, that uh, uh, Ryan is trained up the yin-yang, <laughs> just say in a polite way, uh, as a, a certified electromagnetic radiation assessment specialist. Uh, he's also a neurovitality networks um, uh, specialist in EMF assessment and remediation of fields frequencies, including AC magnetic, AC, AC being uh, elect electricity, not air conditioning, yeah. correct? Yeah, Al okay. Alternate, alternating current. Uh, thank you. Okay, yeah, that's the little bit of uh, what I remember from my physics days in university. <laughs> uh, also radio frequency and dirty electricity. And in addition to geopathic stress, mitigation for homes, offices, farms, businesses, in addition to his help with the technology, he also coaches good people in the freedom movement to get past their sensitivities because as it turns out, not everybody is sensitive in the exact same way when it comes to electromagnetic frequencies. So that was to me a, a really great message to get out. We're gonna talk a little bit about the, um, you know, the problems that surround EMFs, but these are things that you guys are already aware of, right? You've been looking into this. Uh, we're not going just so you. I didn't. I didn't warn you, Ryan, but we're not going to use the buzzwords. Like if you, if you need to say like yeah, what was uh, Jeff Barrick's way? He would say cinco hey in Spanish for that uh, thing that we won't say that will catch the attention of the algorithms. So does that make sense? Just to uh, there's some there's some buzzwords around. We probably aren't going to talk very much about uh, the the boogeyman virus or any of that kind of stuff, but just in general, trying to protect my my presence here on these platforms. And uh, hello, Mojo Shop. I'm really glad you're here. That's really good. Come and say hi in the chat if you have any questions. We're going to talk mostly about solutions today, a little bit about the problem, but I'm always interested in in the actual solutions. Uh, so in, in addition. 
brought to all of the technical training and skills that Ryan has. He's also highly skilled in a number of different healing modalities. I also had the great pleasure of hosting him as a, as a client and in the Journey Code Coaching Certification uh, training. So, boy, you have a lot of skills, Ryan. It came from my own need and necessity to um, to really address the things that were arising in my body. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, me pursuing anything other than what was what was um, coming up in my in my life experience. There you go. And that's my first question. What did inspire you? Can you share some details about how you got into this work in the first place? Uh, the EMF work or the trauma work? Because I think they're 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 very coupled. You know? Exactly. Yeah, like the whole the whole shebang. Yeah, because the the trauma work, the what preceded that was was uh, just a real hypersensitivity, and um, you know, I guess you could say uh, psychic ability, but uh, you could also say that's that's just sensitivity um, awareness that was brought upon by you know just being really traumatized early in life. Um, there may be some relationship with my mother and her, her own sensitivity or psychic ability that I inherited. I, I don't know, but I suspect there's, there's some uh, link there, <clears throat> but I was also just, just super sensitive as, as a child. And I didn't really know that until, uh, some traumatic events in my mid twenties began to slowly awaken my nervous system. And as that awakening began, it was it's just a long journey, you know, um, trying to just, just sort out so many experiences in what I would call the unseen realms, you know, just experiencing discarnate beings or you know, we call them ghosts or whatever, but um, things that I just, I didn't have anybody to really talk to. So I kept trying to um, just understand my experience and relate to it from a place of discerning what, this frequency was versus that frequency and and just trying to navigate my world. <clears throat> and um, that progressed to discovering I had sensitivity to earth lines. So I could be out hiking, you know, like for example, the first time it happened, I was out hiking west of Calgary in the mountains with a group of people. And I, I just way up on a mountain trail and, and crossed this, uh, this energy line wasn't something I could see, but I felt it and I was so overwhelmed by it because it was a really high vibration, uh, positive energy. And I, I, I looked at the person that I was with at the time and I said, did you feel that? I mean, that was like, it was so strong and they had no idea. And so I, I was always kind of scratching my head, like, wh why am I experiencing this and others aren't? But um, I think that largely I developed... Um, an ability to manage my nervous system from a, a very, I mean, in terms of brain waves, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, you know, with beta, alpha, theta, delta. I, I really occupied more in that delta state. So I was spending a great deal of my energy just sensing out for safety, but I wasn't conscious of that, that sensing. I was just trying to basically really survive in, in my own in my own way of navigating my world. But that that delta frequency is something that's a very low and like it's a slow frequency and it allows you or a psychic to really sense out into the finer realms or frequencies. And um, so that's where a lot of my experience began. 
And as I continue to then sort of heal and, or I should say feel and heal, I progressively started to develop more into, you know, theta or my sensation realm, like what was happening in my body. Um, and so this is, you're talking to a person that at one time I didn't really understand or I couldn't identify one feeling from another. So that's how numbed out or shut down I was from my own trauma. So it was really um, this long journey of awakening the nervous system. And, and, and as I continued to awaken it, um, my body awakened to me. And so everything that, that uh, was, was the next sort of door to open or uh, trauma to feel, it was just there and I couldn't, I couldn't avoid my own life experience or my own, you know, um, as, as a good example, I used to really enjoy running. This was back in my late 20s. And then um, the trauma of circumcision started to arise in my body. I had enough awareness to uh, sort of navigate and discern like what was this that was going on inside my body, but I couldn't find anybody to support or assist with that. But as it continued to awaken in my, in my tissues, um, my knees started to inflame. And I reached a point where I couldn't really run more than two blocks. And I would just, it seemed like my knees would just kind of get stiff and, and lock up. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to have surgery or, or something to repair these knees. But it was really just energy that was spilled over from my kidneys and kidneys are tied to knees. And, and my knees were starting to lock up from all this fear that I wasn't feeling. And as I discovered just through my own explorations, what was what I was holding in my body over the course of, I would say three years or so, the knees healed. Everything was fine. There was no problem whatsoever. There was never any surgery. So amazing. It, as, as, yeah. As soon as you have enough of these experiences, you start to realize, Oh my God. I mean, the body is absolutely magnificent. It's trying, it's trying to guide every, elegant stage in a very intelligent way as to what is next to address to heal and uh with a few of those experiences stacked up you know over time you start to realize wow there's this is an amazing temple we have and um you know as things continue to open up that sensitivity um just got heightened i think uh largely because in the early stages, it was it was very numb, so there was wasn't really any feeling or any way to even identify the feeling. So I kind of went through my own spectrum of experience of awakening the body. And at a certain point, uh, and and you've witnessed some of this directly working together. At a certain point, um, you start to realize the programs that you're carrying that were you know facilitated your ability to survive they no longer they're just no longer needed and some of those programs are so profound i mean our our, our capacity of sensitivity is so overwhelmingly refined um you know we can and, and as we focus more on those things that we think we're afraid of of course we're going to amplify those things too so there's there's quite a, a journey to to awaken the nervous system and then start to decouple from 
uh, an oversensitive, you know, capacity, um, you won't necessarily need to lose it, but it's no, it's no longer serving you at some point. You can, you can source your safety from within rather than sensing if it's safe from without. Mm, I love that distinction. That's beautiful. Uh, I've also worked with a number of people over the years who had hypersensitivity, also uh, were extremely gifted, usually in a you know, off the charts kind of way, like you said, maybe psychic abilities or yeah. other kinds of things that are not as common. And, and uh, I, I saw how the two went hand in hand, the gift and, and the trauma that they had been through. Exactly. At some kind of a scale. Yeah. I was just going to say um, uh, that uh, ours in the chat here saying he has severe EMF sensitivity. So this might be helpful for you. And we have a little bit of feedback from your mic, Ryan. I don't know if you have a, a headset with a mic or you can just mute when you're not talking. That would be uh, just to keep the uh, the mic clean a little bit. It's a little clunky that way, but uh, we'll get back and forth. I failed to tell you about a, a headset with a mic until about uh, three seconds ago <laughs> in, the, in your chat there. And so, yeah, he says he has severe um, sensitivity and avoidance is the only way to heal. And he's had to camp in certain spots because they were, or, or uh, had to camp in certain spots because they were so strong. So yeah, that that sucks. And uh, and Linda's enjoying. So that's really good. What would you say to somebody like R in the chat who is, um, you know, his only chances are are avoidance? Or do you want to get into that a bit later? Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's 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 a really important question. Because uh, at least in my experience, I think it's it's uh, crucial to create sanctuary for the nervous system as as a way to begin, you know, to to establish safety for yourself, and then and then begin that process of, you know, exploring the, the traumas or whatever. You've you've got. I think it's so essential to create the safety, the sanctuary, the sleep space first. You know. Otherwise, you, it's, it's very difficult to build any kind of resource within yourself to address these things. It's, it's like you, you're constantly in a battle. Right, right. Yeah, I'd like to return to talking about that more. And uh, can, can you, because just for my own curiosity, that I, I'm not checking in with a whole bunch of fear porn around the, uh, the frequencies these days, just because I've got my head down and I'm staying in my lane and all those metaphors that I'm mixing. And, uh, but I'm curious what your take on as an expert in this field, what have you noticed change over the years in, in this, you know, cause you, you've got readings and meters, right? I, I know your equipment is, you know, incredible. And, uh, so how have things changed, especially I'm curious in the last couple of years? Uh, pretty important question. Um, I'm going to take it back a little bit further because, in terms of my experience, uh, the most significant step that was was a dramatic game changer, I think, was the introduction of dual band Wi-Fi. Because um, I think there's enough literature out there that shows that your microbiome is affected um, when frequencies get up around five gigahertz. So Wi-Fi was originally introduced to us at 2.4 gigahertz. And then, I don't know, maybe at least 10 years ago now, it, it was it was doubled and dueled. So you know most Wi-Fi now is at least dual band. Um, and then that's since you know gone to Wi-Fi six and Wi-Fi six E. 
So there's are even broader bandwidths and higher frequencies again. So as frequency goes up, energy goes up. So when you take a basic Wi-Fi of 2.4 gigahertz, and it has a certain bandwidth and you know modulation and all these different complexities of the technology and the waveform, when you double that frequency, you dramatically increase the energy. And what I started to see right away um, was it just seemed like something had shifted because people were becoming, you know, autoimmune diseases were, were rapidly rising. And um, <clears throat> when I noticed that, I inquired with some colleagues too um, who were seeing something similar, like Jeremy, Jeremy Johnson is one guy that's um, very popular in the, in the field. So he was seeing something similar, um, and that was kind of confirmed with some work with different doctors in the area. So what they were seeing was was the culture in um, stool analysis of, of biome or bacteria was showing a dramatic shift. So the culture that we were actually growing in our guts was being altered dramatically too. And so that just introduces a whole new spectrum of, of potential disease states that you know it, that gets so complex so fast because once you introduce autoimmune or compromised um, immunity you can almost name any symptom depending upon the individual and um, you could you know it just opens up a complete broad spectrum of possible disorder um, after that gosh dirty electricity plays a pretty big role I think, uh, you know, the introduction of smart meters and just uh, a lot of the electronics associated with lighting and, uh, you know, uh, photovoltaic systems, solar panels, the inverters, all that put so much more noise into the electrical grid that uh, I'm seeing, I, I think, a definite uptick in something called ground current. And um, just because the infrastructure of the, the electrical grid is is being more loaded because instead of generating the power from a power source plant whether it's coal or gas or whatever now you've got millions of sources from different households feeding into the grid so that creates a whole different relationship in how the grid accommodates that but what it's accommodating is a lot of dirty electricity or noise into the grid and some of that is introduced into the ground as well. So um, I've seen a definite uptick in uh, people suffering from just ground current or noise that's on their electrical circuits. Right. And can you break that down for those of us that aren't uh, familiar with the dirty electricity and, uh, and ground source electricity? Ground current. Yeah. Um, there's a question in the chat after, but I'll, I'll get to that after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, for example, everything that the the uh, the energy providers supply is is required to be 60 hertz. So it's just a pure 60 cycles per second uh, sine wave. That's the frequency of the the electricity. And uh, dirty electricity is all kinds of other transients or noise on that sine wave. And um, so that creates um, distortions in the, in the quality of the power. So every appliance you have, all of your electronics, all your lighting is designed to run off of 60 hertz. But as soon as you introduce noise into that, into that supply, everything 
that is operating off of that supply doesn't work as well. And more critically, what you see as, as um, an experience for the, for the individual is you're often going to get uh, a ringing in the ears or tinnitus or tinnitus. So you're hearing these higher frequencies, and for some, it's pretty disturbing. Um, but the, and that's that's a whole that's a that's a large subject in itself, just tinnitus, because I think there's other relationships concerning our own biofield and our own degree or capacity to ground ourselves that plays into the degree of tinnitus that you have, at least from what I've seen with with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to actually go a little deeper into tinnitus because I think it's so incredibly common. And uh, for sure, I have it. At different times of day, I'll, I'll get, and, and it can be, you know, a heads, I have a headset in and I'll hear the, zzz, I'll hear the electricity or feel it at that level. So, um, but, um, and, uh, and Jacqueline has a question, maybe you're going to cover this later as well, but what EMF uh, shielding canopy do you recommend? And what is that, a shielding canopy? Oh, you're oh, muted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, she's probably talking about like a bed canopy or a fabric. Um, and I recommend or typically recommend the, a non-conductive fabric called uh, Swiss Shield Naturel. Um, Swiss Shield makes a number of different fabrics. So I think they're all pretty good or high quality. The non-conductive just has a coating on it. So you're not um, as readily bonding to it if you touch it. Um, and that's pretty critical because if you think about it, since it's shielding, it's it's it has conductivity. So if I put myself inside of a, this fishnet that's that's all shielded material, it's it's basically like having a, a metal, you know, suit of armor around me. So and that metal is conductive. So if I'm if I'm in an electric field, you know, I've got lights right close to me here. So all all that electric field is going to couple to the fabric or my metal armor. So the critical piece that I think people often sometimes overlook is you wanna make sure and measure and eliminate the electric field where you're placing your canopy. And otherwise your canopy is gonna to bond to the electric field and you're gonna crawl into bed inside the canopy and, and you're gonna feel the buzz of the fact that you're in an electrified cage. So, I mean, there's there's a bit of a fine art to measuring the electric field accurately and out to the extent and even beyond that of the canopy, since the, the electric field extends at least six to maybe eight or even 10 feet away from the, the wiring in the wall, you've really got to significantly address where you're locating that canopy and ensuring that there's no electric field, at least to the edges of the canopy. So it's there's zero field there. And that's the critical piece. And that's not easy to do. You gotta have the right equipment to do it accurately. Um, yeah, so not a DIY necessarily without some education and, and understanding, right? So someone like me would have gone, oh, canopy, I'll just get that and I'll install it. I actually sleep with a tent over my bed because I have suffered insomnia and it really helps to cut the light. Uh -huh. And I was thinking like, can I just get some paint and paint my tent, and, you know, shield myself in there. But it sounds like without knowing uh, what I would be in for it, it, it might be a mistake to do that. 
yeah, you might exacerbate uh, the condition unknowingly. However, if you've got a really high, you know, it's, 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 degrees, it's degrees of harm. Because if you're in an extremely high uh, density of, of radiation from wireless sources, you know, cell tower, the neighbor's Wi-Fi or whatever the source is, that source is high, high frequency, like I mentioned. So there's a lot of energy in that. And um, that can be extremely uncomfortable, especially disruptive for sleep. And so um, even if you didn't address the electric field, you might get some relief from uh, just no longer being exposed to the high frequency of the, the other sources. But to really, this is where it becomes uh, so critical to address it very carefully in terms of, you know, therapeutic, um, you know, focus on a client and just really establishing a very, very clean field. Or like the gentleman that was inquiring earlier about his needs. Like you, when you when you really establish that clean space for where you spend the greater part of your time and critically where you sleep, you'd be surprised how life starts to change and, and, and uh, your capacity and resource to address and heal really becomes accelerated because you're no longer in that stress response or sympathetic stress state. There you go. And uh, I might have saved this question for later, but I can't, I can't, it's busting out of me. Do you, do you think that, you know, as much as I, I know your, your techniques work, your, what, you know, the thing that you do is, is um, going to take a lot of pressure off people. Do you ultimately think that with the right kind of work, you can overcome it uh, inside yourself and, and be exposed to things that would maybe harm others, but because you've got a particular, like here, and I'll just use an example. So I was in front of my computer late at night, that happens a fair amount. And uh, <clears throat> there was at one moment, I was, I was, I was quite tired, but I needed to finish what I was doing before I went to bed. And there came a moment where I felt actually quite aware of being manipulated through the screen. Like I could, I could feel things moving on the side of my head. It was very digital feeling, like with edges and, and those kind of things. And I just, I just decided like, no, actually, I'm not interacting with you. I have nothing to do with you. I asserted my will and I released the sense that I was being um, attacked by, you know, I could honestly, I don't know if it was uh, real or imagined or I, I just need to go to bed. But, but next thing you know, the energy completely smoothed out and I was able to finish my task with fo with focus. So I'm just curious, like, have you experimented at all in in this realm as well? Never, never to you know replace what you do, of course. Uh, great question. Um, yes, I've definitely explored in that realm. Realm. Um, trying to think how to how to respond to this because I've had experiences where. I was I was visiting a friend and there was a high magnetic field, some wiring errors or really dated um, electrical wiring that inherently had a high magnetic field. So I was aware of these fields. Um, even if I wasn't, if I, if, even if I hadn't measured them, I noticed in my body like a certain physiological response. But on this particular occasion, I was just relaxing with, with my friend, we're watching TV. And then all of a sudden I went into a sympathetic, like I sympathetically resonated into that magnetic field. And I felt, it, it was it was it was horrible because I felt like I was I was now in that frequency. So I had literally, you know, it's like the two piano thing and 
the magnetic field of the piano or the, uh, you know, the, that piano was, was just operating as it always does. And I went into sympathetic resonance with it. And so now I'm thinking this is, I got to get out of this. Right. So, so I literally did, but I think we're, we we're so, we're so capable of dropping into that. And I've had multiple experiences because I mean, what people don't realize even Wi-Fi Wi-Fi has all these really high frequencies, but if you listen to uh, part of its pulsing uh, frequency that is used to pair it, you know, like, so when you turn on your phone and you turn on Wi-Fi, it's going to look for a pulse um, that's sort of a signature pulse. It's only at 10, 10 hertz. So that's going pop, 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 pop. Like, so that spiking pulse is also at a frequency that's right down in that realm of, you know, your feeling body, your alpha theta realm. So there's, there's a definite risk of, of you falling into resonance so easily because it's part of your brainwave bandwidth. So Bluetooth is the same thing. And, and so once you drop into that resonance, now it's like, oh, now what, now what's going on? But I think, if you have the awareness like you're describing to detect it, that's a whole different state of sort of empowerment, right? But for those that maybe don't have that, I think it's so easy to fall into something that you may not have the discernment or capacity to recognize. And that's where it's like, that gets into a really slippery slope, right? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's, oh, do you mind to mute yourself just for the background? Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, it's the the least likely time I, I'm reminded of when I had cancer. And uh, most people don't, once they hit that kind of crisis and they're in trouble, the uh, it, it is very rare for them to turn around at that point because they have reduced energy. They have reduced resources. Everything is uh, kind of working against them. And then the chances of, of uh, if, if I'm, you know, like resonating with death rather than life was is very high. I've seen many other people go through the experience and I, I did manage to rise above it. I'd had a lot of training and really decided in my mind that I wasn't subject to the, uh, you know, natural law or whatever it was, however I, I would have described that in those days. And it take it does it does take a lot of awareness and effort not to just um, you know go with that flow that's that's coming over you and and then you know when you're sleeping of course you're not making any conscious decisions whatsoever so that must be a time that you're most I assume you're most vulnerable. Yeah, the sleeping piece is um, that's that's fascinating to me because I've had clients that um, they had heart rate variability monitors. So they're, they're very uh, accurately tracking, uh, you know, just how their heart is, is able to settle and relax and, and rhythm in, in, a, in a settled state. And I saw one client that was such a, a learning experience for me. She, um, she and her husband were in a, um, a living situation where they, um, she was actually healing from cancer and um, they had done a bunch of remediations to their home with, uh, you know, my involvement. Then they had me come back out to do further work. 
So I had past history of, of their uh, sort of their radio frequency density levels in their bedroom. And um, when I was there, I, I did a checkup to see, I just offered since I was there and uh, they're probably three hours away from me. I just said, Hey, I can, I can, it's been a couple of years. I'll just recheck and see how things are. And the power density had uh, not quite doubled, but the levels were still extremely low in terms of what we're normally exposed to during the day. So I mentioned that to her as um, her husband and I were working and she kind of thought for a second and, and I didn't know what she was actually reflecting on, but she left the room. What she had done, what she was doing was she went and looked at her heart rate variability history because she had been experiencing sleep disruption. disruption. So she went back and looked from, uh, I was there at the end of, end of January. She went back to the beginning of December and looked and saw there was a definite point where the heart rate variability had detected a disruption in sleep. And she came back upstairs. She said to her husband, do you remember when the, the Verizon trucks uh, stopped coming by, the service trucks stopped coming by in the morning because they knew having breakfast, they'd go by on their way to a cell tower a mile away. They were upgrading their cell tower at that time from 3G to 4G. Her husband said with barely any hesitation, it was middle of December. Guess what? Her heart rate variability disrupted as soon as they turned on 4G. And what I observed was, and, and, and the, the aha moment for them too was, oh my God, if we hadn't had the heart rate variability, you know, tracking, they never would have made any relationship or connection. And the critical piece that I always share, often share with clients is the exposure levels that we're talking about are way lower than most people are experiencing. So the, the, the question I have for most people is, do you really know whether the levels you're exposed to are affecting you or not? And, and I've seen so many clients where all of a sudden, you know, we've talked about um, the importance or, or how much I value just tracking my dreams. And um, if something's off in the field or I'm in an environment where uh, my, my sleep state is being disrupted, I'll have what I call an EMF dream. It's like something's not quite right here. Um, but I think for most people, they're never necessarily able to make that detection or discernment. And sometimes it's so subtle that it's hard to discern. It's really, I mean, we're used to resonating with a, with a static magnetic field of the earth. And everything in the bio that you introduced me by is alternating current. It's, it's not the earth's magnetic field. That's like a bar mm -hmm. magnet. So all these other electromagnetic fields are man-made. So like when you ask, do you think we can, I think your question was something of, to the nature of, you know, can we overcome these things? And I think you answered it to some degree because when we go into sleep mode, I mean, we're going into a whole different biological state and our circadian rhythm and, you know, our whole what our brain is doing is doing a different sort of a, a signal to noise ratio with the body and the cells to kind of go, okay, it's, it's melatonin time. It's mitosis time. It's repair time. What needs to be addressed here? And, and it goes to work. But if, if you don't have that kind of 
resonance um, environment to support you, it, everything is not quite operating as efficiently or as comfortably or as peacefully as it could. And that resonance to me um, goes right into the dream state, like how the quality of the dreams. Because uh, like I was saying earlier, I've seen too many clients where if I ask them, you know, are you dreaming? So, and they, and they, they may say, well, no, I don't dream. But when you address these things, I've had doctors call me up after, you know, completion of uh, remediation and they're just, they're just elated. And they're describing how their 12 year old daughter is suddenly remembering their dreams lucidly every morning. Everything changes in, in, in sort of the noise floor of your soul. And so now that whole relationship is 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 flourishing like it's your relationship with god is really to me it changes because you're resonating with your with your being it's amazing it's, it's huge it's huge i think yeah yeah amazing answer that's so good um yeah i want to say a lot of things at the same time here uh one of the, one of the things I just wanted to say about how you know I I had an epiphany moment not too long after I discovered the level of lies and corruption that we're dealing with in the world pre-pandemic, and I remember weeping and crying to God, and and uh, saying like I just want to know what this world would be like the experience of being here on Earth without all of the you know the numerous. Um, uh, weapons that are leveled at us, whether it's food and uh, poison in the food and poison in the water and undue stress and slavery and, you know, economic pressure. And of course, all of the, the frequencies that are, that are in the range, you know, they say you'd open your phone and, oh yeah, 60 people's Wi-Fi comes up on my phone. And so it's not just my Wi-Fi box. That's like totally bald over there sitting in the corner. Now I'm a person that I think I don't have extreme sensitivity to it, but do you think it's possible also that we just keep adapting ourselves to another level of malaise and, you know, up the supplements and the probiotics, as you mentioned with the guts, so important, right? When you blow your gut health, that is your first line of any kind of defense. If you believe in germ theory, it must be something different, but to keep you healthy. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what you'd say with that. And then there was uh, a few questions in the chat, which I would love to, ask as well. Do you want to say something first and then I'll ask another question? Yeah, I'm just, uh, could you repeat your question? Um, it was basically, could you, the question was, can we adapt? Is that right? Um, I think we we can adapt to, to a daytime sort of resiliency. At least that's what I've noticed from, from, from my life experience uh, because I'm way less... Uh, seems to me I'm way less impacted as I was before. You know, like, you know, if, I, if I'm carrying around a lot of fear and, and, I, and I have to hold and protect that fear and, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm then have a certain vigilance around, you know, defending my fears. If I, if I can release that energy that I've stored up, my, my own, you know, biofield is dramatically changed. And, and you know well enough that you can sense and feel people that are just like, wow, they're vibrating. I mean, they're just, they're, they're radiant and you can feel that if you can feel it, of course, they're having a different relationship. Their biome is with their environment, 
But I think the important point that you make is, you know, they're not doing that at night. I mean, they're still more vital and more resourced, I would bet. I mean, it's kind of obvious at night. But um, so whether they adapt over time, like that's anything's possible, of course. But uh, it's, yeah, I just, I think it's, 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 it's hard to place a value on creating the optimal sleep space because I know I'm, I'm super active. As you know, I play a lot of ice hockey. I, I love my sports. And this helps me so much to maintain uh, a way higher level of uh, performance that, that I, that I can enjoy and thrive in, whether it's skiing or hockey or whatever. It's a, it's a different life experience, I think. Very nice. And, and, and uh, Ryan is a killer hockey player, just in case you don't, uh, you don't know that. <laughs> he, uh, he outplays a, a, a number of much younger not to say you're old, but uh, much younger players that you've said at times. So that's really cool. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the questions. So Linda's asking, she has an EF, EMF meter and what safety VM number should she be looking for? Does that make sense, right? Yeah, she's talking about volts per meter and the electric field. Uh, so it's hard to say what I, what I advise people for uh, measuring the electric field there, unless you get um i've got the meter handy here i'll just I'll show you as an example i've got a couple of these but this is this is a three axis uh magnetic field meter electric field meter data logger mapper it does all kinds of things but it measures the electric field extremely accurate so when i'm with a client especially in, in a in a more of a therapeutic sort of uh, referral from a doctor, I'm really trying to establish 0.0, .0 volts per meter. And to try and achieve that, you can't do it without a meter to measure it. And this is kind of the starting point for a meter that will measure it. For, for the uh, general public, I advise them to get a, a body voltage kit as a way to measure um, the electric field that's directly coupling to their body. It's not as it's not as accurate as this. That get, this gives you directionality, like where the field is stronger, and you can strategically address, you know, and you know what you need to remediate. If you're using a body voltage meter, your body is the meter. It is the it is the whole apparatus. So it's it's more difficult to detect direction, and but it's still the most accurate way for you as, as, uh, as a layman or, or somebody that's trying to do these things yourself to measure them accurately. And um, so that, that would be in millivolts rather than volts per meter for body voltage. I'm not sure if that is enough information, but I would uh, recommend, um, there's, a, there's a good body voltage kit from safelivingtechnologies.com. And uh, that gives you great instruction on how to use it um and if if the person uh in the chat needs some support you know just happy to reach out you know i do phone consults wouldn't take that long to instruct and guide her because there's certain ways to use the body voltage kit too to do an accurate job okay perfect really good answer thank you and um 
So hello, unrealistic Cliff Burton. I miss you too, if you're talking to me. And uh, Jacqueline said, thanks for asking, answering her previous question and says, would grounding the electrical outlet by her bed be, um, would help with the effect effectiveness of a bed canopy? Sorry. I'm trying to think, um, is she talking maybe about grounding the bed? I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. She might have to sign up for a consult with you. Yeah, um, I think I, I, I'm guessing that's what she's probably referring to. And I, I would um, advise rather than trying to ground the bed, if at all possible, eliminate the field that's coupling to the canopy rather than trying to ground the canopy. Um, because you, you're just going to feel better. The other thing that uh, I learned the hard way is using that material, even if it says it's or it's claimed to be non-conductive, if you fall asleep and you flop over and your and your body uh, goes into contact with the material, since the material is, is shielding a lot of frequencies that you don't want to receive, as soon as you touch the material, you've now electrically bonded to the canopy and now you're going to get really uncomfortable in your body again and and a, and a healthy way to think of this also is your biofield as most people either they see it you know the aura the human energy field is at least six feet so, so you're trying to think of um your relationship not just to your physical but to your biofield and so uh you know like putting yourself like putting yourself in these shielding materials on your skin by what I've already shared that doesn't make any sense at all because all you're doing you're not shielding anything it's just it's if it's in contact to your skin it's you've you know you're highly conductive we have electrolytes for very important reasons and you've created no barrier between you and what you're trying to shield from good answers yeah. Ryan this is so so good. <clears throat> By the way, um, in case this might help, you could possibly go to the settings at the bottom of your screen and and click echo cancellation. So that might stop you from having to mute every time. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we got this. This is a popular subject, right? Uh, I believe imitatio or imitatio, pardon me, is is uh, addressing what you just talked about, right? So that he's saying the electrical outlet by the bed should be already connected to ground. Um, and if not, you might run into problems in the future. See, that's what you just talked about, right? And you're muted. Oops. You're yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, there's some misconceptions around ground to or grounding. Um, and I'm not sure if that, that might get a little bit more technical than we want to explore right now. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, there, there's still a little bit of voltage that's on even even if even if a circuit is killed at the electrical panel so the branch circuit for the bedroom just as an example if you kill that circuit it's killing the hot or the 120 volts but but in a typical electrical panel the the neutral and the ground are connected so there's still a slight slight voltage that's on the ground and the neutral and so that's still running in in the circuit, the branch circuit of, of the walls of the bedroom. And some people can find they're quite sensitive to that lower level too. I tend to just measure, you know, if I'm if I'm establishing a 0, 0.0 field, that's pretty darn good. 
Um, and, and if, if the sensitivity is such that you need to, you know, address that low voltage, which may be just like a half a volt on the neutral on the ground, there's, there's lots of different ways to do that too. Um, maybe that's a shorter answer at this point. Because, I mean, there's a lot of, we could get into a long discussion around ground, which is, I don't think is uh, where we want to go necessarily with this talk today. Yeah, you've got so much knowledge. And uh, maybe that echo cancellation didn't work, so that's okay. Uh, no worries. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so why would you want zero voltage, or is it, would that be repeating something you've already said as well? Uh, zero voltage in the, the electric field? Because um, that electric field, um, it's it's got a, it's like a, maybe the best way to describe it is like a, a water hose. And you've got, you've got a nozzle that you've, you've turned off at the end of the hose, but there's pressure in the hose. So that's no different than a circuit in a house. It's, it's pressurized to 120 volts. And if I, uh, even if I turn off all the lights and I've got nothing on in, in, in the room, the, the pressure is still in all those lines, just like the pressure of it in the hose. So by, by killing that, that, that field, uh, the 120 volts, what I'm doing is establishing 0, 0.0 on, on my meter across the entire surface of the bed. So no matter where somebody lays on that bed, it's, it's zero. It's not only that, it's 0, 0.0. Um, because that field from the, the circuit, if I, if I measure it, like take the meter right up to uh, the, uh, where I know that the, the wire is in the wall, not just the outlet, it's not the outlet, it's the whole circuit. And I measure it at, you know, at the, uh, right at the wall. This is gonna read probably 200 volts per meter. So that level is gonna decline as you get further away from the live wire. But I don't want your body, which is highly conductive, coupling to that field at all. And the reason for that, I think that's, this is more direct to your question, the reason for that is, is really fascinating to me because what happens is your body is able to address inflammation super efficiently because it's not, it's not having to work in this, in, with, this, with this voltage that's in the body, charging the body. It's really fun to demonstrate in a live class because you can just run an extension cord through the audience and then measure people's body voltage and, and see how it varies depending on distance from that extension cord. Well, that extension cord is in all the walls of your home. But again, just to repeat, when you eliminate that, you, you, you sleep deeper, you eliminate those frequencies, even the dirty electricity is largely eliminated, but that 120 volts is gone. So your body, your body, your nervous system just relaxes. And just to really emphasize this, because it's such an important thing to do, I've seen repeatedly with clients, and these, these are people that are totally healthy, they're active, they eat well, I mean, they're just, they're, they, have no, they have no issues that they're trying to address, they were not doctor referrals. But as soon as they killed the circuits, and I'm thinking of one particular client, the, the very first night he did this, and this was down in, uh, uh, where was it? I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, down in Arizona, but uh, Scottsdale. And 
I asked him the next morning because he hosted me. He just I stayed with them at their residence in, the, in their guest guest uh, guest room, and I said, "So, how did you sleep? Like, you know, we we tried with no electric field, and um, you slept great." And he said, "Well, Ryan, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, I really think we must have did something wrong, because <laughs> because he said I slept I I had the worst sleep ever, and he said I finally got up at about 4 a.m." And I got on my Pulse DMF uh, Beamer mattress to try and get my circulation going. And I said, I said to him, I said, that's fantastic news. Because your body is healthy enough that it's immediately responding and you're automatically detoxing. So you're no longer in that stress response that you've, you've been familiar with for your entire life. And the very first night you eliminate it, body goes into immediate detox is like oh we can i can the body knows it can do way more work and do it much more efficiently outside of or in the absence of an electric field it's it's um that's about it you can't make it any more elegant than that that's very elegant ryan yeah <laughs> very giving great answers yeah I, I think for sure you should do a webinar it seems like there's so many uh, specific questions going on here, but uh, let's see if I can ask a few of my my own. Hello, Research Bear. And uh, yeah, you're getting some, there's one last one I had up earlier and that's, um, <clears throat> Christina is asking, do I need to get rid of my steel frame bed to protect from EMFs? Yeah, another great question. Um, I think I was, uh, I was kind of thinking or hoping I'd get a chance to chat about this a bit. Because uh, to a degree, if if you think about what I've already shared about electric fields, they're they're just looking. They're they're like uh, the pressure in the hose, if you will. It's looking to couple. It's it's like millions of fine hairs floating in the air off of that line, off that you know branch circuit in the wall, and the 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 hairs sort of get finer and weaker as you get further away from the the live wire. But all they're doing is if, if, if there's anything out there in, in their reach that they can couple to that's conductive, they're going to couple to that and then equalize the pressure. So you've got steel frame bed. It's, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to couple to that electric field if there's an electric field. And um, what I'd be more concerned with, although... Uh, you know, I've seen some amazing things from clients that just go straight wood and straight organic latex. So there, there is no conductive material to couple to. And I've seen clients that just, they do that and they, they make breakthroughs because all of a sudden, again, the body's able to easily or more readily go into that resonance with the earth's magnetic field. The other thing with steel frame beds is Every time you, you, you manufacture steel, you fuse a certain magnetic field into the steel. And that field is not going to be magically the same or aligned to the Earth's magnetic field lines, you know, that are present beneath the bed. So you're creating this distortion of, um, of, of how your body is, is relating to the static field below the steel bed frame. So in other words, the steel bed frame can kind of be a, um, a, dis a disturbance or a distortion to how you're, how comfortably or how settled you can um, resonate into that earth field. 
and, and, you, and you may notice a dramatic change when you just eliminate it altogether. Uh, and you will notice a change probably if there's no electric field for that steel frame to couple to. Does that make sense? Yes, and I'll have to go back and uh, and listen to that again. <laughs> but it's good. It's really good. I'm I'm so pleased with the information they're giving. And, and one more point. Go for it. Yeah, the most the more important point is um, the coils in the mattress, the steel coils in the mattress, because I th I've seen things that that just astound me how different coils create a different relationship with that field. So some mattresses can seem to be uh, almost like more energized or have a greater capacity to be to create influence uh, or interact with that electric field. And, and, and an, an amazing story is one time I was renting a, a room at a place outside of a uh, local town here, Boulder, and I was in a basement room. Uh, first night I was there, I, I took the mattress and I just I didn't want to sleep in that mattress. So I just I just tossed it up stood it up against the wall. Unbeknownst to me, the, the resident was in a bedroom above mine and um, putting that mattress up like that was really close to where her bed was. She came downstairs the next morning, she knocked and, and she was looking around and she was like, what, what went on and what went on here last night? Like she said, something happened in my bedroom and, and, and I felt it along this side of my body. And, and she was describing the shift in the electric field from the mattress being stood up below her bed. That was, I mean, that's how profoundly uh, sensitive we are. I don't even know if she would classify herself as hypersensitive. I don't believe so, but she noticed right away and it disturbed her sleep so much that she was like, what the hell did you guys do down here last night? Like, it was it was amazing for me to witness, right? Wow. Well, very cool. <clears throat> um, I'm going to pull one more one more question from the chat, and uh, and and I have to let my cat out because he won't leave me alone otherwise, poor guy. Uh, so I'll leave you just for two seconds, but I can still hear. And here's the question, so you can see it from Christina again. So her hands and arth uh, she's arthritic from a wired mouse. No Wi-Fi grounded computer on her on her wired computer. Pardon me. Can she use a silver glove to stop this? So I'll leave that with you for a moment, please. Okay, uh, that's interesting because uh, I've had something very very similar, um, but I didn't associate it with the uh, the mouse necessarily. Um, for me, it was directly related to when my hands get onto the the computer itself because most computers, and particularly I would say Macs, have pretty strong magnetic fields on the, uh, the left-hand side of the keyboard. And um, so you may be experiencing effects as a result of that magnetic field, but if not, I would say definitely no, you're not gonna likely get any benefit from um, trying to go with um, like a silver glove or something like that, that I don't think you're going to get relief in that way. Um, there may be possibility of, of looking to see whether the computer is actually grounded. It may not even have a uh, grounded cord. Um, so I would look at that. And there's other technologies to ground the computer, um, which uh, if you reach out to me or go to, um, go to electrahealth.com, there's some interesting products there to, to kind of clean up a computer. Um, 
so that's how I would at least begin to consider that um, that issue. And one more thing there, I guess, too, is you may want to consider if you've got um, a high level of sensitivity, which it sounds like you definitely do, is um, I would be looking at possibly just how strong the electric field environment is or magnetic field environment is where you're working. Uh, just to see if there's if it's always there in relationship to the mouse or if there's other um, things within the sort of the noise uh, of the environment you're in, uh, be it electric field or magnetic field or wireless radiation, even though you said you have no Wi-Fi. Um, that'd be a place to start. Great, good answer. Thank you very much, Ryan. So much. Okay, I'm going to selfishly go back to a few of my questions here. Uh, I'm curious about when you talked about electricity compared to like the, uh, I don't know if you referred to it as as static, but the, you know, like not moving, not not oscillating, no dirty, noisy frequencies of the earth. And, uh, and I heard this at one point, I'm curious what you think, a bit of an aside, but uh, that the electricity was a, um, a spell like the, you know, Ben Franklin was a Satanist. This is how the story went. So I, I need to see if you have any. And then Ben Franklin was a Satanist and he called on, you know, called on dark powers and, and was able to create this, um, you know, like fire, so to speak, that, that would power us in a way that maybe God never intended. What's your take on all of that? That's an interesting question because I think there's a lot of people that are, that are really trying to explore um, options with direct current. You know, um, because yeah, like that's, free energy, right? Well, it's there's it's just uh, it doesn't have frequency. You know, it's it's like it's like a battery. You know, it just it just has um, it provides power with without uh, that frequency component. Um, because if you read um, a book called Dirty Electricity by Sam Milham. It's quite an eye-opener because he statistically does uh, a very excellent job at identifying, you know, the different um, pathologies associated with the introduction of electricity. So he's statistically going back, all the way back. So you could easily argue that, you know, it's, there's nothing actually good about it <laughs> in terms of our biology. And, and I, I don't know if I want to you know, open up that can of worms too far. However, um, his work is really compelling um, because there's 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 clearly correlations, and he takes it a step further to, as the title of the book suggests. You know, as as our utility grid evolved, <clears throat> it didn't do so in a very uh, uh, how would I say, in in a way that's very compatible with with humans or cattle or anything with 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 points of contact especially four points of contact or four feet on the ground because if you read a book called uh, electrocution of america you'll realize very quickly the hazards of ground current which has been systematically introduced as 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 a part of the infrastructure of the electrical grid in north america and there's some huge problems with that. So uh, just it's just not good. Um, a, a very good read. And if you if you don't want to go to the trouble of, it's it's a long story about a dairy farmer's uh, struggles, legal struggles mm -hmm. with utility. 
and uh, and the loss of his um, very lucrative dairy farm it was it was one of the largest in the, in the state of Wisconsin. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, if you want a shorter version of the hazards, go to my website, which is illustrated there now, under the education tab. And there is a two-part short documentary that was created by uh, Dave Stetzer, and it's called Beyond Coincidence, the, uh, the Hazards of Electrical uh, Pollution or something like that. It's, it's uh, very disturbing, um, but it gives you a, a very clear illustration of um, just what's happened to the electrical grid. Um, and, and I'm not trying to suggest that dirty electricity is uh, super prevalent everywhere, but there's definitely some areas that you want to avoid, you know, basically. Obviously, um, high voltage transmission lines and um, substations as an example you've got a huge resource at your uh, at your website here are those books that you mentioned um detailed as well or do you want to send me any information or update your website just so i have a feeling about lots of people are going to ask me what was that book again <laughs> and you're muted just so you know sorry uh electrocution of america um there's others too, uh, really interesting literature in the field. <clears throat> What's another one? Um, it doesn't come to mind offhand, but um, that is one that at least uh, really clearly illustrates and goes into the technical aspects too of um, ground current um, because it's, it's present everywhere, literally everywhere, but there's some areas that it's much higher than others. And, uh, there's ways to kind of identify that. That's part of what I do if I'm helping somebody find a home is just to make sure they don't walk into a, you know, a hazardous part of town or, 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 or get too close to a substation or whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, Trisha just made a good comment about killing us softly. And, uh, you know, so that I noticed that too, that if they, if they wanted us uh, just dead, they could, there's so many ways they could just, you know, like raise the voltage one day and, and everybody gets fried by turning their phone on in the morning or whatever, right? That it's, it's the, the killing us slowly and softly, the torture of the soul it seems to be <clears throat> a little bit more what they're up to. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to selfishly turn back to one of my questions. What about static electricity? What's going on with that? Because, in, and the reason this is a selfish thing is we live in the prairies here and in the winter, it gets like incredibly dry I, I keep you know my my creams always close to me my hair will have a totally different texture dust will turn in it, it literally dust does start to feel metallic there's there's a different quality to the dust the moisture say by <clears throat> you know um, mid middle of February or um, just a second <clears throat> Um, you know, it just, it just starts to get off the charts. It gets, it gets annoying. And I keep plants as you can tell, just for humidity so that it's not as dry, but there seems to be something about the static electricity that I don't So I'll let you talk now because you might have something to say. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't experience it so much where I'm at presently, but definitely familiar with it. Um, a few things I can suggest um, one is, you know, when you have synthetic materials, synthetic carpet, synthetic, you know, clothing, bedding, whatever, all of that uh, has a tendency to generate charge. 
and you can easily demonstrate that to yourself just put some you know synthetic socks on and shuffle across the feet and, and just zap your son and um, so you're building up a a dc charge a static charge just with that shuffling friction um but that happens because of all these synthetic materials as as one example um so you're trying trying to avoid all synthetic materials especially for bedding because again you know if you you've seen i'm sure if you if you have synthetic bedding and you you know it's built up a charge you can see your sheets sparking at night and it's like you know it's like that's not normal but uh so that's creating that charge in your body which again that's not normal either mm -hmm. um, yeah the so, number of times the, num the number of times i feel like i'm going to set my cat on fire is is crazy and if i touch them with two hands you can feel the zap between the hands like they get shocked from that but only in the winter yeah that's there's also i think an interesting phenomenon with cats because they're uh, that's almost segueing off into geopathic stress a bit, but, uh, yeah, dry air like that. Um, it, it is tricky. You know, I, I, I definitely would avoid synthetics as, as a starting point. Um, and I can't think off offhand what else you might want to try and do, but, um, I think anything, anything in, in terms of EMS is only going to exacerbate it. You know, I mean, being high in, uh, you know, just in terms of air quality, the air has this amazing ability as well as as nature she seems to do. She's always creating this elegant balance of ionic charge in the air. And as soon as you come inside and, you know, where you're at, you're you're probably in a forced air type of heating um, uh, system or. Oh. Yeah, not myself. It's uh, electricity, actually. Electric, okay okay keep no forster yeah but it creates this uh this imbalance just in your air quality in terms of charge because you, there's no fresh air and at least for me i noticed uh where i really thrive even sleeping is if i can get under the window even if it's just a crack and i'm sure everybody's witnessed this even just a little bit of fresh air not not enough to freeze your nose but but enough so you're you're you're, you're modifying and and restoring the natural charge that the air is supposed to be it's 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 life-giving and you'll find yourself like or i did i have like you're just reaching for it because your body wants that it's 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 a balanced energy state that you're looking for and it's it's harder to find in some in some environments or especially inside where you've artificially distorted that natural balance all right, very good. I'll stop complaining about my climate here, <laughs> where uh, God never intended us to live. I don't. I think. I think we're uh, definitely not meant to be here. And would you like to talk about the geopathic stress since that subject came up? Yeah, that that that's a subject that that continues to fascinate me. Um, I was trained by a gentleman uh, from France uh, and his his partner. Um, his name is Dominique Suzani. And he's written a number of books, and his method is is very, very unique. Um, so without, maybe I'll just describe it briefly, because he's, he's so much about tapping into what's called the solar grid. 
so it's so it's an energy uh, layer around this or at a certain point in our realm I'll say and um, what you do is you tap into that energy and and bring it down there's a system or a method to anchoring that and pulling it down uh, and when you do that it tends to disperse the geopathic stress lines or or uh, energy lines that are that that mother earth uses to circulate and 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 distribute or or balance herself and so it's a way it's a way to mitigate that within a within your own property um i think uh if you go again to my website and look under a uh a uh, link to a documentary literally called geopathic stress documentary um it's a great illustration of the impact of the of those lines and uh, there it is there and <clears throat> i'll just say that uh from what i've seen i mean even uh it's probably referenced i can't remember i think it's re referenced in that documentary that uh in earlier cultures especially cultures where they herded animals uh they would simply watch where the animal would lie down to sleep because where that animal sleeps is where you probably want to build your home or at least have uh at least consider building a home because animals won't sleep on geopathic stress lines and um and the only animal that i'm aware of that is an exception to that is cats <laughs> and i don't there's something about their i haven't researched it enough to understand but i've witnessed it directly how they'll they'll literally go directly where the energy can be the most toxic and they're and they'll lay right on it they'll lay right in it but uh those energy lines i mean cattle illustrate it to us very clearly and um i'm working with two clients right now doing geopathic stress mitigation and one of the clients is actually a friend of mine and uh, he, he had me house at his home just a couple of months ago and when i was at the home i, I was out in the back uh patio just lounging in his his outdoor sofa and uh, i fell asleep and i woke up and I, and I thought oh my god i feel terrible i mean I, I feel really terrible and i realized right away i'm in a lo i'm in a line and i just it was it was really bad and so i told him hey you know you might want to have a look at this uh i said but and and he's a, he's an acupuncturist so he's and he's pretty uh energetically tuned in so i said i'm not going to tell you where the lines are uh, just kind of look around you do your own investigation and tell me what you think in a few days he figured it out he, he knew he says yeah it's there it's it's there it's that couch isn't it because i can't i can't stand sitting in that so that's the experiences that i mean when you really start to attune to this what i try and emphasize to people is come on you surely you recognize that you're as sensitive as a cow all due respect to the cow I think the cow is probably more sensitive than you are. And um, I mean, we have to give them credit where credit's due because uh, if you read Electrocution of America, you'll realize just how sensitive dairy, the dairy cows are. But that's not exclusive to cows. It's, I mean, any any animal that's got four feet on the ground, they don't like those lines. So all I'm doing with that type of work, your body is the instrument. I can use dowsing rods, but usually I just kind of go get really centered just like my friend did he's just like okay you're 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 attuning your your instrument to okay where where are these lines you know and i, I like to do that with clients because 
it's a great way to illustrate and empower them to the realization of just how sensitive they actually are because usually they'll find them or if i if i check the room and, and identify that i do some coaching with them to get their body sort of attuned and aligned and they're like okay i think i can do this and then just have them walk around they'll find it they'll find them amazing it, yeah it's people are pretty profound i gotta say i mean we all are but uh to do that with them is is such a beneficial way for them to realize within their own bodies you know just like wow this is i am as sensitive as a cow <laughs> <laughs> that would be the hope yeah, yeah very interesting yeah. it just reminds me really quickly i'll share about how uh, in my second diagnosis of cancer i was you know i was used to getting a lot of tests and like a ton of tests and it turned out that you know every what was not MRI, but uh, CT scan was something like 200 x-rays, crazy amount of, of uh, radio frequency, or however you would say that probably more accurately. And I finally stopped turning down the CT scans like, no, guys, this, that, that's not acceptable to, to go in and, and bombard myself like that. And, and it really turned the corner where I was able to, in my, in my, I knew about my second no diagnosis before the doctors did. And I knew when my cancer was gone before the doctors did. So I, I developed the sensitivity partly out of like those tests are, are wrong, actually harmful for me. They were a pain in the neck. And, and then, yeah, why shouldn't I know what's going on in here after all? Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the book Dying to Be Me. I don't know if you've ever read that. A profound story of a lady that was right on the edge of death. And then she awakened to why she was there. And, and at that pivotal quantum moment, she realized there was, it didn't matter what they did or what drugs they applied, she was, she was going to live. And um, so it was just her journey of, I mean, this is, this is, uh, you, you, bear, you, you bore witness to this, to this journey too. But it's profound to, to 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 make that realize realization within what it, what brought you there, and then boom! Once you had that empowerment, everything switched on, and she knew she was fine. Amazing, so good. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, um, am I? Do I have permission to ask you about any celebrity clients that you've had? I forgot to ask in advance. I forgot. I'm sure that I'm sure that they're there. They would have no problem with that. It was, um, gosh, now I forget his name. James Hetfield, uh, Metallica. <laughs> and the funny thing was, as I mentioned to you earlier, Beth, I, I, I didn't know who the guy was, you know, he could, he, he was just, just another client. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I realized maybe well past halfway through the assessment when I asked his girlfriend, what is he like who does he play for you know like is he a studio guy or like you know obviously he's, he sounds like he has a singing voice and, and then she told me who he was and i'm like you know i never listened to the music but i was like whoa that's wow <laughs> the metallica it's, it was very funny but uh a fine gentleman yeah, that's awesome. My kid absolutely freaked out. He was so excited when I when I, when I heard his name because I, I wouldn't have known his name at all. Now I know all his music because my kid knows how to play the music on, on his guitar. And uh, he's like, what? I was in, get, get a, get a um, autograph for me. He's going like this. So I just thought that was really fun that, uh, you know, people, people from 
um, you know, it's not, I think it's the, you know, the people that come to you, I'm assuming they're, they're from a wide range of different kind of walks of life, because it's not just people who know about the whole, you know, all the psyops and all of the weaponization of these technologies that there are people who just genuinely, that might even be their entry point into, into uh, understanding what more of what's going on in the world. Like, why is this a dangerous level in my bedroom and in my, my meter that measures electricity output and all of that kind of thing. And I'd love to shift over now into the like mental, emotional, spiritual side, you have incredible training on the healing side. I know that you started out talking about traumas that you experienced yourself early on. You know, a lot of people uh, aren't aware of birth traumas. We're all unfortunately traumatized that way, like crazy, uh, hideous. The most normal birth in our mainstream world is, is a violence to that child. And it's amazing that anybody learns to feel we should all be completely numbed out from that. That would just be a miracle of, uh, it has to be a miracle of God. So I'm curious, you know, and this, this was the, the foundation question is like, why are some people taken down? Why are some people hypersensitive to these things and other people are not? And I know you've had a lot of uh, discoveries in your work over the years. Yeah, boy, that's it's such a rich topic. Um, just trying to think of how to how best to approach it, because I've seen so many things, and um, and and I've literally seen people that are hypersensitive and <clears throat> and their nervous system can can literally switch almost in one coaching session, and 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 they've just never had an experience of really truly being inhabiting their body. And I know that for, for a lot of people, that sounds funny. Like, well, of course, they're in their body. They're, they're alive. But I mean, from, from my own experience of being very numb and not knowing that I was, you know, just very numb, the journey of climbing out of that. And I think I'm probably, you know, who knows? I'm probably still, I mean, I think it's a lifelong journey. <clears throat> but witnessing it myself, um, I don't know what I, I mean. It, it's it's a it's a highly complex thing, because I think you're literally retrain like for me, literally retraining and rewiring your nervous system, your whole your whole polyvagal. You're trusting yourself to be able to feel again. There's uh there's some interesting literature on this. Uh, I think it's I think there's a book called the Cell Death Response or something, and this this kind of couples into your work where. You know the issues that are that we have deemed to be life-threatening, um, like for me, just something that seems as benign as uh, clamping and cutting the umbilical cord. For many people, that is such a huge trauma, and it definitely was for me. But it's all unconscious. But <clears throat> if that was the experience of feeling like somebody's literally taking my food supply, my oxygen supply, and, and my, my lifeline offline, because that's literally what's happening. And that's not the way to, to, for any mammal to be born to just clamp and, and disconnect you from the placenta. Um, so if you've already had a traumatic birth, and the one thing you know you can rely on is your connection to your mother via the cord and 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 to have that severed. Um, I had a car accident, which was at, at the heart of a lot of the work I was doing with all this 
birth trauma stuff and i totaled my car one one night the night the night uh the night before christmas and uh <clears throat> i just gone and played hockey way up in the mountains coming down a mountain road and it was so icy i slipped off the road down over an embankment totaled it on a tree and um i uh went and got some help i wasn't really injured other than uh, almost knocked out from the airbag but two days later i went to uh have a meeting with uh, another gentleman that i was working with uh, and we we're at that time we were developing a men's group to support other men in some of the some of the some of this trauma work and uh, we were under the supervision of uh, my teacher uh, dr annie brooke so i was meeting up with them to do some planning for this this development of this group and i said hey i, I just totaled my car and they said, well, would you like some some release or support around that? And I, I just said, sure, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm still holding some charge. And so I just laid in the floor. Uh, one person was at my head, the other at my feet, and just, you know, just, just, just gently holding space. And I started to kind of, you know, just somatically, authentically move and, and uh, just allow what was arising in my body. But what happened was... I spontaneously leapt up and, and, and just reached my hands out in front of me above my belly. And the first words out of my mouth were, and I had no sort of context previously around exploration with this theme of, you know, the umbilical cord. But I, I yelled out, I want my cord back. And I was so shocked. And they looked at each other and was like, oh, my God. And, and so there was this, this whole theme of um, birth trauma and how that, how that gets coupled in and works through our subconscious or unconscious is totally profound because after that initial car accident, I just began to unpack layer after layer just, just around the umbilical cord trauma. And I, I proceeded to have another four car accidents in the next about four months. Nothing, nothing didn't total any more cars, but, but that's how my vehicle, my body experience coming into the world was just the, this, this, this crash of, or, or this, this major event, uh, life-threatening. So that structure of belief was my whole holistic perception of my reality. And so I, 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 I was just having these car accidents now, and I felt like I had no control over them. I didn't understand, like, why is this happening to me? But once I started to process the traumas more, the car accidents went away. What I'm, what I'm just trying to illustrate is just these things are so charged in our unconscious that it's hard for people to even grasp how significant it is or how, or how, how much it ruled me or my hypervigilance in ways that I was just astounded by. I mean, it, it was, it was, you couldn't even comprehend like the, the, the that, that, that fabric below, <laughs> below, uh, you know, the, the conscious, what was going on there. Um, but to continue to work through those things, I'm not saying that's necessarily what everybody has to do, but I suspect, um, those bigger charges, the, the only way to address them is to go in and, and, and metabolize them.
to go in and meet them, to go in to, to progressively build the resource to be able to digest them, to let them go. And more critically, as you know, to, to reprogram yourself around all of that. It's no, you know, you've got these programs that have, that have been constructed for very valuable reasons. You know, I'm, I'm not here to, to attack the ego. It's, it's a really important thing to, to, that's been my ally. But at a certain point, it's no longer, some of these programs are no longer serving. And, um, and, and you don't need to carry that fear anymore. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's like, this stuff is so big. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of um, illustrate that as, a, as an unconscious trauma, as opposed to somebody that's had a car accident in, in their adult life, and it's conscious. Those, those, those types of events, those are the easy ones. I've seen people almost reprogram themselves, you know, with different methods because they, they didn't realize necessarily that the, the event has created a hypervigilance. But once I illustrate that to them and they, they have a known conscious event, it's much easier to decouple from that than the other events, you know, the, 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 maybe it's cord wrap, maybe it's clamping, cutting the cord, maybe it's circumcision, maybe it's, you know, a breach birth or, you know, there's so many different themes. Separation at birth from, from the mom, you know, emergency yeah. services and all the earth not the ICUs, services, procedures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Premature birth, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I want to throw in a little uh, uh, disclaimer that I, I usually never talk about. In fact, I never talk about reprogramming because what I notice is in the process of deprogramming that all of the right programming is already there. So there's no need to, yeah, sorry, sorry to, I just, I, it's funny, I even, I even edited your bio. Oh, he meant, he means deprogram, but you, you were talking reprogram. So that's just, that's just my take on it. I always have to vote for myself there. <laughs> and, you know, it's because we don't, we don't lack anything. That, that is the basic premise of we, we come equipped with everything that we need at the programming level and, uh, and it works perfectly all by itself. So it's just a matter of taking away, like when somebody carves a sculpture out of wood, you're never adding wood to the sculpture. You're just taking away what's not the, the sculpture. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my take on that. And um, yeah, so we're coming up to, towards the end of our time and I'll just see, there was one question if you have still a few minutes, Ryan, to talk about um, on Rockfin, I apologize if I missed these questions, but I can see it now. Do you get EMF if there's no flow of current? Back to a techie question. Um, what they, they're probably, sometimes um, EMF is a direct reference to magnetic fields. <clears throat> and uh, the acronym just means electromagnetic fields. So there's two ways to interpret those three letters. But usually it's referring to magnetic fields and magne magnetic fields are typically uh, and always associated with current flow. So um, the problem being that there's, uh, there's, there's aspects related to wiring errors or imbalances, whether it's overhead lines or underhead lines, where that, where that current flow is imbalanced. So there's all kinds of ways that, that that imbalance can be created either in the in the actual design of the the power line 
or what's really common is, is a whole series of complications associated with the grounding systems that couple the, the electrical panel to the water line or the, the, the cable uh, system is grounded or tied into the electrical system and, and it gets pretty complicated pretty fast. But what, all I'm saying is you have the risk of introducing current onto water lines and onto cable lines and that current is supposed to be on the power lines. So if you take what's you got these cables on the, the power lines and you and you pull some of that current off onto a water line, if that power line was designed as they are typically to, to be relatively balanced, if you create some kind of distortion in that field just due to age, corrosion, you know, all kinds of different issues may arise. And I've seen tons. Now you put current on the water line and it, current on the water line and then balance on the power line. And there's lots of neighborhoods that I've seen that you don't want to live there. The, the, the problem is too big and uh, maybe far too complex to uh, restore, but it's all about current flow and um, the magnetic field. Okay, fantastic. So interesting, Joanne. <laughs> it really is so interesting. I, I love this subject. Maybe we'll have to have you on again. Love and to. yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be good. It's um, I'm sure he's just giving you some feedback. Beautiful process you went through, and and that's uh, you know because at the end of the day, also you can. I know that. I, I wonder if you'd reflect this, Ryan, that you can solve out somebody's much more mechanical problems. Like okay, you're getting bombarded when you're sleeping because of this outlet and that field, but if there are the underlying deeper uh, issues that maybe stemmed from trauma earlier in life or you know the whole life long then all of those adjustments just like a chiropractor right you put somebody's body into position and then over the course of the week they're going to go back to all of their normal defaults because they've got the pu push and the pull has that been your experience as well yeah absolutely um to varying degrees but um yeah like i mean i've been doing my own exploration into this and, and recovery or r restoration to resilience, if you will, or vitality. Um, but I've seen people that there's so many different paths you can take. But if you, if you, <clears throat> it was interesting to comment that a, a, somebody that's kind of, I'd almost call him like a legend or definitely very well known in the dirty electricity field. And um, his name is Dave Stetzer. And Dave is a master electrician. He developed some interesting technologies around dirty electricity. And he's kind of an expert in that field. But a comment he once made, um, just as, as a layman, regarding these people that seem to be sensitive to this stuff, he said, you know, it's almost as though these people, they all have one thing in common, and, and that is that God is knocking. And I thought that was a very profound comment from an individual that's not necessarily uh, exploring the spiritual aspects or the trauma. But as you awaken to these things, it's like your whole being, and I think your soul is, is reaching out to God, you know, in a very profound way to restore you back to um, the discovery of the, of the Father within, or it's within you. But we've, we've kind of been programmed to to not be empowered that way and i the whole journey if i if if you will is is to restore that is to recover that mm, very beautifully said i love that 
So good. Okay, so one more question. Can you take it? And then I have to go <laughs> right on. And it's specifically about solar panels because uh, R in the chat mentioned about solar panels, inverters, putting dirty electricity into your wall wiring. And I've heard that too, that you shouldn't put, if you're going to install solar panels, not on top of your house where you're going to be living. It, would you agree with that? Um, not necessarily, but it, I, I, I think the thing, there's some solar systems that are, significantly cleaner than others. So I would definitely seek out um, manufacturers, uh, one in particular, I don't know if I can, I guess I can, Solar Solar Edge is, is the company, um, that do a, an amazing job of keeping the, uh, the quality of the electricity really good. Because most are, or largely most of them are extremely dirty. So when they, when the sun starts to activate the panels in the morning there is all kinds of noise that's introduced into the entire home and you're going to hear it i mean i hear it um and i don't find it necessarily uncomfortable but it's it's definitely a loud hum um so there's ways there's ways to filter that and clean that but they're to do a really good job is really expensive got it so in general, it sounds like it would be better to have those panels away from your living space. Yeah, um, in general, I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, More not, possible. Absolute, not an absolute necessity, because I think uh, the other thing that people uh, often forget is that when the sun goes down, the panels, there's, they're not doing anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's good then. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're just dormant, you know, there's nothing really going on there. Right. The, inver the, the inverters go quiet. Um, so, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, it's obvious, but it, we don't usually think of those things. There you go. There you go. Can you let people know how it, if they are hearing this and they've got a lot of questions? I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I know there's more questions, but uh, we're running out of time here. And how would people reach you? What is the best way to to work with you if, if they want you? I know you travel. To, and we might have to have you here in, in Canada where you originally come from, not here in Manitoba, but, uh, you know, and maybe do like a group consult or workshop of some kind in order yeah. to get people to do some basics. So like someone asked about putting tinfoil over their plugs and, and have to imagine that's not really going to be effective. Either or you wouldn't do what you do. You'd just be walking around with a tinfoil. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there, I mean the best way for sure is my website. I do I do phone consults or Zoom Zoom consults, which I find can be certainly very helpful to 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 lead people to a, a clear direction, because there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, how would I say um, misconceptions out there, and there's a lot of product out there that I I don't think is that effective, and there's a lot of meters that are not of the kind of accuracy that you would really want necessarily. Um, so I have my own preference on meters and, and how I approach things. And uh, some of it is, I try and explain it simple enough uh, that it, it's not that hard to, once you get the basics and understanding, it's not that hard to comprehend. Um, I have flown to different locations. I had one client fly me to Winnipeg, I don't know, six years ago or so. Uh, that doesn't happen as much anymore. But um, that'd be the best. Just contact me on my website. Uh, if you want to set up a consult, I charge per 15 minutes and, you know, can address anything that um, individuals might have in terms of questions. 
Okay, perfect. That's great. And I'm going to put in the chat here a link to the, your contact page so people can reach out and uh, set up a time to get together with you on a Zoom or a phone call. And this has been fantastic, super informative, completely solutions oriented. We could have talked all day about the wrong things, but but at the end of the day, like who has time for that? <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun, Beth. I think uh, I think we covered a lot of ground. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's uh, it's really great. That's the King Hero's way is not to just. Uh, you know, meet your needs and do your thing and, uh, you know, pay your bills or whatever it is, but you actually sincerely, genuinely want to help people. I know you are an excellent coach as well. So remembering that, you know, those two things are, are going to really support each other doing the remediation in your house and, and then also getting the foundation for like, why is it you rather than might be two people in your house and one person is super hypersensitive and the other isn't. So, you know, why is that? That was the case with uh, James Hetfeld. It was his, uh, his girlfriend that called you, right? He didn't have yeah. any problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I feel very blessed that I, you know, trusted my guidance and, and um, I'm, I just, I really think I'm in a, a great place with what I'm doing. I really enjoy it from all, all facets, whether it's the coaching or the, or the assessment stuff. And I, I just meet amazing people. I really do. I just, I'm so uh, thankful for that. It's usually people that are, um, they're very aware of what's going on. Oh, nice. I also feel similarly blessed to have people who are aware in my world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of that, the House of Free Will is hosting another workshop this coming week. So I'll just let people know <clears throat> that uh, if you're if you're interested in the the law, the public law world, which I'm not interested in at all, but I keep on my, uh, putting my hand in that arena just so that you know, if in the eventuality I personally need to, uh, you know, someone pulls me into court or something beyond my control happens, I'm not totally green in that arena. I've got a lot of uh, very good heavy hitters in, in my zone in the House of Free Will. We host workshops. Bear Lando came to do a workshop for the law guys, specifically on the inner game uh, um, side of law where, you know, you're going into court when you're afraid or, or uh, you know, all high and arrogant and uh, creating, you know, in pride and, and that kind of thing. It, it's going to create a lot of unnecessary work and hardship so he just did that workshop and for members that uh, workshop recording is already available, like every other recording that has come come forward. And then this coming week on Thursday, which is why you and I had to do a little rejigging before, is uh, Rebecca Shepard and Jane Scarf are coming on from Stand for Thee. And this was by special request for Canadians to learn how to read legislation because that's the snakiest thing. I mean, again, just like zero, zero interest. But when you're in trouble, you need to read and interpret the act properly. And, you know, where can you step in? And they're extremely knowledgeable. And uh, they agreed to come and do this workshop. Uh, so yeah, I will be putting up more details about that. But if you are interested in the workshop, please do apply to the House of Free Will sooner than later. You can just go to freewillministry.live, scroll about halfway down, and you'll see the application button takes you to a page there. <clears throat> I would love that if you did it sooner rather than last second, because that makes a frenzy for myself and my assistant as well. Um, and I'll just say, I think that's pretty much it for now. I uh, thank you so much, everybody who's come. You're getting lots of good love here in the in the chat, and uh, our just endorsed uses um, uh, 
you're building on on uh, building. Uh, pardon me, he is on building biology institute website a great resource okay okay yeah, i misread yeah. that yeah good thing i said that out loud and uh, yeah i think that's it for today so ryan hey. uh, god <clears throat> thanks for doing what you do beth great work thank you i appreciate that very much and uh so bye for now thank you again ryan and everyone have a beautiful rest of your day